Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Well, hello. How are you today, love? Good. I'm good. Good. You said you are feeling flat and distracted. Yes, so I am feeling flat and distracted. So that means yes. I'm going to have to be bright. You got to do this whole thing, man. No, it's all you. I can't do the whole all thing. Habakkuk, but Habakkuk, all the time. I like Habakkuk. Actually, there's a don't don't let me forget my favorite verse in Habakkuk. Wait, okay. let me see if it's in Habakkuk. Yes, it is. Good. Okay, so we'll get to it. I well, won't. it's not my favorite verse ever, but it's my favorite verse in Habakkuk. Ah, I see. Well, good. <laughs> Which doesn't leave much room <laughs> no. for anything. Oh my goodness gracious! But uh, it's a so May is here. Today May is day. May first, and you and I were just reflecting that up in when we served our first church up in Fargo, they used to like drop baskets off on this day. No, no, you know no! That? I think we did. That was like a homeschooling. I think the girls they were home from school. I don't think people did that in well, Fargo. I, you know, I swear, I'm, no. I'm pretty sure that's true because I remember these weird Scandinavian traditions I'd never heard before. Yes. And one of them was May Day, and the other was Santa Lucia. And I was yeah. like, what in the world are oh, these things? Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's... Yes, you're right. Both mm-hmm. are both are sort of Scandinavian traditions. But I, I just think the girls went around. I have pictures of them with their little baskets, and they mm-hmm. would go deliver to neighbors. But I honestly don't think that was a Fargo thing. I think that was a homeschool thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. our other friends did it too. But I could be wrong. But the um, Santa Lucia, definitely a Midwestern Scandinavian thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. And it's May 1st. So we just had the wild game dinner. Great success. Wait, isn't May 1st also like Workers of the World Unite Day or yes, something? Yes. <laughs> yes. What is the that? Wor- that's the Russian. Oh. Robotiv Workers of the World Unite. Wow. And yes. what, what? Okay. So do, do, do people still like celebrate this Workers of the World Unite thing? Only in the American University. <laughs> I don't think you you're you're on today. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. they certainly do. Yes. Yeah, but this is May Day, and so you know, uh, growing up, this was the day when um, when our news feeds would always be filled with uh, the Red Army parading across uh, Red Square. Oh. You know, with their tanks and their their ballistic missile carriers and the goose stepping soldiers and whatnot. And that was my image. I mean, one reason I became a Russian major was because growing up, that was my image of the the Soviet Union, this great dread power. And then when everything collapsed, uh, you know, the thought was, well, here's an opportunity to go over and see what they were really like. And mm-hmm. uh, I found much to my surprise that, you know, there was the Soviet Union, but then there was the Russian people. Uh, and those were different things. You know, they overlap, but the Russian people are not necessarily the Soviets. Mm. The Soviets certainly weren't friendly to the Russian people. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. Very interesting. But yes. yes. Wow. So now, okay, now I'm up to speed. Well, no, yeah. but we also have to just alert everyone oh, right. that our son has not left for school yet. Our oldest is very senioritisy, mm-hmm. and his alarm's been going off for an hour. literally an hour. Yeah. And I, I might hear him now. So you might hear some grumbling coming down the steps. Yeah. A large bear of a child. Right. Up. Oh. But you know we Anyways. have. Um, but yeah, so wild game dinner was great. That mm-hmm. was this previous weekend, and I, I haven't heard the numbers yet because it's only Monday morning. Uh, but I know that we <laughs> sold out, so that's all 600 tickets. Um, and I know that the live auction seemed to be uh, very, very uh, successful. Again, I haven't heard, you know, the grocery receipts and the net receipts and stuff. but Which all goes to charity. Uh, which all goes to charity. But it was a great, great event. It was, yeah, it was well so fun. run. It was packed. It was lots of fun. And it was like 20 degrees cooler than normal. Yes, I've been so hot enjoyable. in that because it's at the fairgrounds, which is not air conditioned. Yeah, yeah. So I'm But done. this year was perfect. And uh, this year I actually won something. You know, I got that big uh, 
that big wooden outline of the state of Texas. Well, someone won it for you. Yes, that's yes, true. Someone, someone outbid you to give it to you, which, which was, very was very nice. Yes. Yes, I thought it was very nice. Very nice. So now we have a very large wooden Texas made by one of our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to go somewhere. We're going to figure that out pretty soon, right? Where we put that? Yeah, we've got a couple different places we can put mm-hmm. it. And so I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to that. So mm-hmm. it's going to be great. And it, was, it was a great event. And then this coming weekend. Well, wait, what did you what did you eat? Did you eat like that antelope chili and stuff? Or? You know, I ate everything. I, well, I was not able to, to successfully eat the crawfish because by the time I got the meat out, there was basically nothing left mm. of it. So, but other than that, yeah, I ate everything. Okay. It was fantastic. I loved it. That I thought, was probably user error because these people know how to oh, do yeah, their crawfish. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I that just, was I user error. I mangle the things yes. in the pieces, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, I think I think my favorite was probably the uh, the elk Salisbury steak. I thought that was Ooh, really wow. good. That was that was really tendy, tender. Okay, so that was fantastic. Okay, great event, and thanks to the many people who put that on. Uh, they've been working on that for almost a year now. Oh, for so sure, just incredible. Yeah, so great event. Okay, and good. Then this Moving coming, on uh, Sunday, we have a visit from our pastoral candidate, uh, Pastor Tony Ede. which means he's someone the call committee is considering. He's going to come and preach. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. Yeah, so we know we used to call this the trial sermon. Was was kind of the, mm-hmm. the word back in the day. Uh, but, you know, so at, at this point, the call committee has interviewed him a few times, and then they've invited him down here to meet the congregation. And then this is the chance for the uh, the call committee to meet him in person, for the council to meet him in person and interview him, and, of course, most importantly, for the congregation to meet him in person and, you know, hear him preach and ask him questions. Yep. So really Afterwards, we'll have a it. lunch where they ask him questions, and then I'm going to be with his wife on Friday night and mm-hmm. children and some other moms, too. We're going to get together and celebrate Cinco de Mayo, Texas style. Cinco de Mayo. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Okay. And so that's that it, right? That'll be good. Yeah. And then in between, let's see, I'm flying out on Tuesday for... Uh, seminary board meetings and the chairman mm-hmm. of the board of regents for our seminary which is not the one that i was you know preaching about a couple of weeks ago no definitely not uh, that's luther seminary in saint paul this is the north american lutheran seminary uh, outside of pittsburgh pennsylvania which was started as a counterweight to our alma mater because things had gotten so crazy so we realized if we wanted to raise up strong faithful orthodox pastors we would have to uh do it ourselves. So okay. that's what the seminary is about. Good. So you'll be gone for a little bit? I'll be gone for the week, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. So I know you'll be lonely without me. <laughs> I'll call every day. Okay. Yes. Okay. Texting is fine. Um, anyways. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, let's move on to mm-hmm. we are in three minor prophets. Yeah, so when the three minor prophets, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, three of, they're not the only well, yeah, three. There's, I think, 12? Yeah, right? there's 12 yeah. minor prophets. So we're one-fourth of the minor prophets today. Yeah, Zephaniah, Nahum, and Habakkuk. Or Habakkuk, depending Habakkuk. on how you grew up. Right. Um, so we're looking at those three. Okay. And uh, the Bible has them in a different order, but we're going to take them chronologically. Okay. Um, so the first one we want to look at is Zephaniah. Now, all three of these, Zephaniah, Nahum, and Habakkuk, all three of these are contemporaries of the prophet Jeremiah, who we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks. So Jeremiah had a very, very long uh, prophetic career of about 40 years. Uh, and his career stretched from uh, the, 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 uh, the fall and eventual collapse and destruction of the southern kingdom and into the few years of uh, the Babylonian exile. And so Zephaniah, Nahum, and Habakkuk were other prophets whom God sent at the same time. And so it's a reminder to us that even when God is bringing down the hammer of judgment on his people, he is still trying to call them back hmm. to himself and back to their senses. Okay. Uh, so even in judgment, God shows mercy. That's the bit, one of the big takeaways. Okay. So God sends Zephaniah, and Zephaniah is all about what's called the day of the Lord. Yeah. Is, you know, the day of the, the day Lord is of coming. The Lord. 
Uh, God has been patient with his people. By this point, God has been patient with the people of the northern kingdom for almost 400 years, you know, 350, 400 years, and they haven't listened. And so God has finally had enough. Well, this isn't where that term originates, though, right? What's that, the day of the Lord? Yeah. No, I think that's but, from uh, Amos. Is yeah, but yeah. he just, he re- really hits it. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, okay. now we're about 150 years after okay. Amos. And mm-hmm. so, so Zephaniah is using some of Amos's language, mm-hmm. some of his terms. Uh, okay. You know, he's kind of riffing on Amos, so to speak. Got it. And he says this, Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, those who say in their hearts, the Lord won't do anything, neither good nor ill. And so it's this image that God himself is coming, uh, coming to Jerusalem. But instead of passing over the people, uh, he's going to come search them out, you know, like uh, with a lamp in his hand, with a torch in his hand, with a flashlight, looking in the corners for the people who have uh, rebelled and strayed against him. Oh, and this is, this. you skipped the who are like wine left on its dregs, which you kind of, didn't you make fun of me in class about that? Nobody got that. Is it Lee's though? Is Does your yeah, translation... Yeah, well, dregs is the same thing as Lee's. Does yeah. yours say Lee's? Is that where that comes from? Um, so let us see. Where, where are you? Um, well, 12, 1, 12. Who are like wine left on its dregs. Uh, it's not what I have in one twelve. What do you have? In the book of Zephaniah? Yes. You must be in Zechariah. <laughs> Yes, that's the, in the middle of it, 112b. And punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on its dregs. ESV skips that? Oh, well, here we go. Okay, so it's a footnote. You have a note. It says, punish those who are complacent, and the footnote is Hebrew, and punish those who are thickening on the dregs of the wine. Okay, so this is important for two reasons. Number one, the most important thing is just to just to call out why, why this would be so different, because you might say, okay, why would his Bible be different than hers? So I'm reading NIV. He's reading ESV. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not like a discrepancy. It's just that some, your translations decided to put this in the note because what, maybe ancient manuscripts, what does it say? It doesn't tell us why. But uh, that's what happens sometimes. Right. Um, one goes back to the most ancient translation or the ones that is attested the most or whatever. It's usually something very insignificant, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, but anyways, the other <clears throat> reason we bring that up is because in class you were you were mocking me because I didn't know what lees meant. Well, yeah, because you know you tested and me the other day. Like, do you know what the word lees was? And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, lees <laughs> is the sediment left in, in wine. Yes, which eaten. totally annoyed me because right. I don't like it when he knows a word that I don't know, right. which is like all the time. That's why God gave us dictionaries. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dictionary.com. No, no dictionaries. <laughs> okay. If it doesn't weigh 15 pounds, it's not okay. a real dictionary. All right. So. Well, that was a total aside. Yeah, anyways. Okay. okay. So so God is coming to search for his people like wine in the dregs. Mm-hmm. Right? And so God is coming to search for his people and search them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then chapter 1, verse 18, God says, not only will he do this for Jerusalem, for the southern kingdom, but he'll do it for the whole face of the earth. Uh, for in the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. For a full and sudden end, he will make up all the inhabitants of the earth. And so suddenly the day of the Lord broadens in scope from God's punishment, God's judgment against uh, Jerusalem to God's judgment and punishment of all the earth. Okay. And so this is, and this is fairly typical of, of the prophets, that there is a near yeah. horizon and a far horizon. The near horizon is often something that happens in history for us in the past. But the far horizon is something that will happen much later, often at the end of time. And that's what we see here. Right. And that's the way prophecy works. Mm-hmm. And that's why it still applies to us, right? Otherwise, yeah. this would only be applying to the people that lived in one little sliver of history. Right. It would be a historical footnote. Right. Uh, but that's how prophetic yep. works, uh, writings work, is that there's multiple, multiple uh, fulfillments. Mm-hmm. 
So though God is coming to judge his people and to find them out and search them out, mm -hmm. uh, yet it's not all bad news. So in okay. Zephaniah chapter 3, and we'll pick it up, um, we'll pick it up around verse 9. Okay. For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples, that is Gentiles, to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord, that all of them may serve him with one accord, from beyond the rivers of Cush, so that would be modern day Sudan or Ethiopia. My worshippers, the daughter of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. And on that day you shall not be put to shame because of the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. For then I will remove from your midst all your proudly exultant ones, and you shall no longer be haughty in my, in my holy mountain. So God is saying that a day is coming when I will gather people from all over the face of the earth, even foreigners. Mm -hmm. And instead of visiting your iniquities upon you, I shall remember them no more. And then verse 14 Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, for the Lord has taken away judgments against you. And that's, um, and, and that's uh, a very famous passage because um, the gospel writers quote it uh, in Palm Sunday, that when mm. Jesus comes riding into mm -hmm. town, right. and, and all this took place to fulfill what the prophet had spoken, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, for the Lord is coming to you. Right, I think both Zechariah and Zephaniah are, are quoted on Palm Sunday, aren't they? They are. Mm -hmm. uh, and though there is uh, this, this horizon for all the nations of the earth, yet for the Assyrians, it's nothing but bad news. Mm. So this is Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 13. And he, God, he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria. He will make Nineveh its capital. He will make Nineveh a desolation, a dry waste like the desert. Herds shall lie down in her midst, all kinds of beasts, even mm. the owl and the hedgehog <laughs> shall lodge in her capitals. A voice shall hoot in the window. Devastation will be on the threshold. Her cedar work will be laid bare, for this is the city which lives so securely. Wow. And so God promises that uh, for Assyria, when he comes, there will be nothing but judgment, uh, that Assyria will be totally and completely destroyed, uh, torn down so that it becomes uh, a desolate waste, a, a land of ruins inhabited only by wild animals. Uh, and that is exactly what happens. Right, isn't that what Habakkuk tells us about what Bab well, that's Babylon? Nahum. Oh, Nahum, Nahum tells us about Yeah, Nahum or Nahum. So Babylon. let's take a look at him. And so Nahum is all about the destruction of Nineveh, which mm. is the capital of Assyria. Uh, and Nahum tells us what that destruction will look like. So let's flip to that. That is Nahum chapter 2, verse 10. So Nahum 2, verse 10. And it's really exciting language. I mean, Nahum talks about how you know, the city's going to be overrun, and you can almost picture it happening the way he, he describes it. And if you remember Nineveh from Jonah's time, this is, mm -hmm. you know, this is a this city is we've heard Nineveh, a lot about. Right, so mm -hmm. God has already sent a prophet to Nineveh, and they repented. Mm -hmm. uh, but then this is later, they turn back from their repentance. Right. Uh, so Nahum chapter 2, verse 10. Desolate, desolation and ruin, hearts melt, knees tremble, anguish in all loins, all faces grow pale. Where is the lion's den, the... The feeding place of the young lions, where the lion and the lioness went, where his cubs were, with none to disturb. So that the lion was a symbol of Assyria. Uh, and the idea here is that even the very palace, the lion's den, is going to be destroyed. The lion tore enough for his cubs and strangled his prey for his lioness. He filled his caves, caves with prey uh, and his dens with torn flesh. And so mm. as it has been, as he, the Assyrian king, has done to others, mm. so, so it shall, shall it be, be done, done to, to him. him. Right? Wow. So that's kind of one of the the standards of um, of judgment against uh, against Assyria. Right. I'm so, yeah, against, 
Yeah, it gets Assyria. Assyria. Right. Yeah, Babylon is going to come. Mm-hmm. It's in alphabetical order. That's how you remember that. Assyrians, then Babylonians, then what, Persians? And Persians, yes, then Greeks, and then Romans. Oh, so, so it, doesn't, it doesn't fall after that. But Assyrians and Babylonians, you can remember alphabetically. Right. Uh, and the, the fascinating thing about this is that, uh, is that this, as God said, so it came true. Uh, that God said Assyria, God said that the Assyrian Empire, which, by the way, was the world's very first empire. Yeah. This is about 700 years uh, before Christ. So you're talking six centuries before the Roman Empire, uh, three, four centuries before the Greek Empire, a couple centuries before the Persian Empire. And you just so happen to be reading like a 1,000-page book about yeah, the Assyrians it's, it's right now. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, and so the Assyrian Empire was the world's first empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God said that the capital of this world's first empire will be completely and utterly destroyed so that it will become a desolate waste and a ruin. No one, will show, no one shall remember it anymore. And true. And that's exactly what happened, is that the Babylonians came in. Uh, they destroyed Nineveh. They left it in ruins. It was never inhabited again. Uh, over time, windblown sands from off the arid steppes and deserts kind of filled up the ruins, and it was lost. Hmm. Uh, and it was lost for 2,400 years. Uh, until it was rediscovered by French archaeologists in the mid-1900s, uh, mid-19th century, when they dug it up from the ruins and, uh, and exposed Nineveh again. So it's, wow. a, it's a real example in history of what God promises. Um, so do people visit that now? I've never heard of anybody going to well, Nineveh. Well, you can, but it's in a rough neighborhood. It's uh, outside of Mosul, Iraq. Oh, no. Yeah, so, <laughs> We're not going there. Yeah, so it's a pretty bad place. Okay, but. got it. Um, so that is, um, so that's Nineveh, right? Okay. God said that Nineveh would be destroyed, and it was completely destroyed. It's an example of his, um, example of his judgment. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we'll end up with Habakkuk. Habakkuk. So God destroyed the Assyrians yep. by sending the Babylonians. And Habakkuk's, uh, Habakkuk raises the question, well, what kind of justice is that? Mm. Because, you know, if you kick the big bad guy off the block with a bigger and badder guy, you know, what kind of... What kind of justice is that? So this is Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 12. And he says, Are you, Lord, are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? O Lord, you've ordained them as judgment, right, the Babylonians. And you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. And yet you are of purer eyes than to see evil. You cannot look at wrong. So why do you look idly at traitors, traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? Hmm. So he's saying, Lord, I, you know, on the one hand, thank you for destroying Assyria. But, right, but... But now we got the Babylonians. Right. You know, it's like out of the frying pan into the fire. What kind of justice is this, mm-hmm. Lord? I mean, because, you know, the Babylonians make the Assyrians pale by comparison. And so where is your justice in all this? Right. And here's a very famous passage. And so God responds in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse uh, 2. Okay. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it. In other words, make it so big like a billboard that even if you're driving by fast, you can read it. Okay. For still the vision awaits for its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It's not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. Mm, there it is. And that is that the one you wanted? No. No? Okay. Well, that's a key one. The righteous shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what God is saying is, trust me. That, you know, I am the Lord. I am the God of history. I am the God of the nations. I am the final judge of all mankind. 
you do not understand what I'm doing now, but in the end, at the appointed time, this will all make sense. Mm -hmm. So live by faith, right? The righteous will live by, by faith. faith. And Paul picks this up. Yes. And Paul is writing his uh, his gospel, uh, his writing about the gospel. Right. Mm -hmm. Three times in his letters in Romans, Galatians, and Ephesians, Paul quotes this verse from Habakkuk. Most famously in Romans, when he introduces what it, you know what the gospel is about, uh, for the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. Uh, the righteousness of God as mm -hmm. a gift for man, as it is said, the righteous shall live by, by faith. faith. Right, right here. So God is the one who makes us righteous. Okay. Not anything we do. And then, of course, that becomes the cornerstone of the Reformation. Uh, Martin Luther drives the stake of the Reformation on this one verse, that the righteous will live by faith, not by anything they do, but only by what God has given them, uh, his grace by faith. So it's a very, very important verse. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, the verses, I just remembered I have two, actually. Oh, okay. Because, okay, there's one great one in Habakkuk 3, 2 that says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. Oh, yeah, there's a song about that. Is there? You are the Lord, famous one, famous one, uh, great. Here's your name and all the earth. Yeah, I know that song, but I'm not sure if that's oh. made from this. It might be. It probably yeah. is. It probably is. Okay. But anyways, finally, when you're going through rough times, um... In Habakkuk 3.17, yeah. it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Yeah, it's a great verse, isn't it? Yeah, in other words, nothing is going well. Mm -hmm. And yet we rejoice. And usually that's how you turn it around, right? Yeah, yeah, you got to give thanks for what you do have mm -hmm. and praise God for who he is and what he has given you. Mm -hmm. That's a great verse. And it's a good way to end, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, all of this, uh, everything is collapsing around them. The southern kingdom is being brought to ruins. And then the, you know, the nation that destroyed the southern kingdom itself is being brought to ruins. Uh -huh. uh, and yet God's people will make it through. Mm. God will be faithful to his people. And the one who is righteous will live by faith. Mm -hmm. Amen. So next week, we got two weeks left in this. Okay, yes. And um, then we'll, we'll have two more podcasts then mm -hmm. too, and then we'll take a summer break. So next week, we turn to Ezekiel. Uh, and we'll spend two weeks on the prophet Ezekiel because he's a very confusing prophet. Oh, my goodness. So we'll spend two weeks on him. Um, I, like I said, I will be out of town this week for seminary board meetings. Uh, so our vicar, Justin, will lead this Wednesday's class. And okay. then I'll be back for the final class the week after that. Okay. So, all right. That sounds awesome. See you then. Okay.